It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure, Raz. Of course. Thank so, uh, this evening we want to talk about traveling. Now, traveling is a big word, but uh, we are all travelers, all three of us. And I would like to ask you, Raz, what does traveling mean to you? How do you uh, feel with the word traveling? I'm uh, worried I won't have enough time to really dwell deep uh, on this, but I feel that if I touch upon the most important uh, part of this question, which is the philosophical question, maybe that will be enough. For me, traveling, uh, it has been an integral part of my uh, life. A big part of it, actually. Uh, both. Uh, let's. Uh, I would like to interrupt you. Uh, you were born. Where were you born? So I was born in Sweden, and I lived abroad for many years, and uh, and also got to travel uh, due to the fact I have family uh, in a lot of places in the world, um, and also due to the fact that really my parents love to travel. And it's actually how they met. They both uh, worked within the travel industry. Mm. Um, so therefore, uh, their love story began there and mine continues. Um, I've been very fortunate to uh, be living with my grandparents and family here in Sweden uh, every summer when we lived abroad. And uh, almost every summer, not every summer, uh, which as a sum a total sum, I would say, is one and a half year of my life. Um, what is the first recollection of traveling that you have? When I was around three years old, uh, my grandma actually uh, was responsible for, I believe it was three years old or four years old, maybe a bit older. Don't. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure on that point. But you are too old to remember, I understand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. My, uh, my grandma actually was responsible for uh, babysitting me as my parents uh, uh, traveled to India uh, for, uh, I believe, something that was two or three weeks. And uh, so I don't recollect this directly, but my parents uh, recollected it as a challenging time for my grandma. 
personally, my travel uh, recollection, I, be, I remember being in the third grade in uh, Sweden. Uh, and uh, we had this, uh, we returned from summer vacation and we had to represent uh, what we have done during the summer. And I came with this little wooden box, uh, which me together with my parents uh, created, where I glued uh, pictures of uh, my uh, trip to Eilat, uh, which included a mineral stone from the Dead Sea. Uh, it included some Legos I also found in the Dead Sea. It included some Israeli candy, and it included uh, some pictures from me diving. Uh, it was one of the first time I dived, uh, which is a long time or a lifetime hobby for me, as I still dive today. And uh, I have two stars, uh, which is like an official uh, uh, diving license. I didn't advance any further because I didn't see any point with it, but... Uh, I have been diving a lot ever since I was a kid. Diving is also a, a means of traveling into the bottom of the sea. It is, it now, is. Way, and, what uh, were you looking for when you were diving? I remember I've, I've always been pretty calm in my life, but uh, when I was a kid I had a struggle with breathing. Uh, due to my nose uh, being very, uh, 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 how do you say it? I was like very allergic and uh, I recollect breathing uh, underwater uh, with uh, tubes yeah. and uh, you have to maintain calm in order to uh, retain a certain amount of uh, oxygen for a longer time. Right. And also says so you will be able to dive properly and not lose balance. Uh, so that's a hard or like a very meaningful uh, memory of diving for me. And also at the bottom of the ocean, everything is much slower and you need to be able to read other people in a sense without uh, being, able, being able to express words. And even though you see a fish, which maybe is a scary one, you cannot uh, lose your temper or uh, lose your cool because then you will lose oxygen. And I believe that's something that very stuck with me about traveling to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> now, now, many, many people travel. That's uh, all movement. Traveling uh, the world has become very popular more and more people can afford to travel uh, traveling has become cheaper in a way and there are many ways of of, of traveling uh, high class traveling uh, uh, student traveling you know mochilero traveling all all kinds of traveling so what what how would you define uh, the the importance of, of traveling what does it add to you if at all why are you so eager to keep on traveling and you've done quite a lot of traveling in your days true uh, it's a good question i think we as humanity have always been on the brink of trying to see what else there is out there and that's like the root of traveling 
um, if it is to advance uh, advance uh, civilization in a certain way um, or uh, gaining grains and uh, stuff uh, which uh, ancient civilizations maybe didn't have uh, straight access to. Today, we take it very for granted, uh, the globalization, but uh, I can recollect plenty of conversations I've had with not that old people. Uh, we're talking about the 90s, uh, where a certain produce uh, was not even sold in the supermarkets, which connects also to the point we I want to talk about later on, traveling in produce in supermarkets, but I found I found it very uh, fascinating uh, that you there are so many things we take for granted about our reality, which is challenged every time we travel, uh, due to the fact that some places have more than what we know of, and some places have less than what we know of, and you always come home with a certain sense of reali certain realizations which allow you to live a richer day-to-day -day life too. Uh, if it's uh, challenges you face when you backpack travel and you realize how com comfortable it is to have an apartment uh, or have a room even, or if it's just how people uh, live in general or uh, the ways in which people interact, which changes from culture to culture, and yeah, we take very much for granted. So for me, traveling has always been a way to challenge my perspective on things and be more thankful and also allow myself to enrich um, my perspective on life. Because I believe the more you are able to understand, first of all, you realize how little you know, but you're also and more able to relate to more people. And I find the human connection you can develop when you have more background uh, or more understanding is uh, very necessary for us to develop relations in a good way. Have you found uh, uh, the language barrier uh, uh, an impediment on your traveling? Or did you get along with, with the languages that you can speak? I believe that when you first begin to travel, that you have this certain uh, anxiety about making everything right or having everything correct and not being able to just just be. And uh, the moment you realize that even the language barriers are part of something pretty interesting in the sense that you learn to communicate with people without words, uh, or you do with Google Translate. I sat in this time, one time with this old uh, man. Uh, he was from uh, Georgia or, or something, and uh, Georgia, uh, I mean, uh, here in Europe. Georgia. Georgia, yeah. North America, Georgia. Exactly. Okay. And uh, we had a whole conversation on Google Translate uh, when we had connection on the internet, which yeah. was very, very interesting. At the end of the conversation, he actually invited me to come and work at his farm. I didn't take uh, the upon the invitation, 
uh, because it was a, a horse slaughtering farm for salami, or not salami, but the local uh, sausages. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it was Georgia or Belarus, actually. Sorry. But it was very interesting how we were able to reach that level of conversation through an app uh, and even gotten invited to come and work with his uh, family uh, in this farm. He showed the pictures farm. of the farm and the family and everything. And yeah, So the language barrier, I've never really met it. Uh, however, I think the real language barrier you can find sometimes is when you try to explain for people what you've gone through in life or what you've experienced during your travels. And then you realize that no matter what words you use, some people don't hear, uh, don't really hear what you're saying, but they hear what they reflect on themselves. What uh, what can you uh, what can you benefit or learn from traveling that you cannot learn at school? Well, first of all, I think seeing things in real life and uh, there's a certain layer to it which cannot be cannot really be explained uh, and sometimes you just uh, i was walking uh, through a market a few weeks back and got very sentimental why because i smelled this uh, there was this scent which reminded me, it took me back to my grandma's home. And I was so surprised by the scent because I wasn't expecting it, you know, and was just walking the street. And I feel those kind of things are not something that you can write upon paper. A scent is maybe you can spray a bottle of champagne, uh, you know, like a perfume on, uh, on the paper, but uh, the music, for example, I was in uh, Sardinia a few week, uh, a few months back. There was this uh, lady singing native uh, Sardinian songs in this very cold place, and just I can like think of this memory and I, I hear it resonate around me. But it's not something I would find on YouTube. We even feel the same listening to uh, on YouTube. Although today it's very convenient that a lot is actually transcribed to. Uh, the internet so that's what is the difference between school uh, and real life that you get to experience things and smell things smell is really really integral part of the experience and the feeling on the skin when you are in somewhere humid or if you're sitting by the fire at, uh, after you've been out in the ski and, and the snow and you've been really really cold uh, there is the sensory feelings which are not only what the eye see or what you hear but much more and uh, and also something about the spontaneity of experiencing things uh, which doesn't happen in uh, the same way when you sit and study something that has thoroughly been examined before so that's uh, in my opinion uh, what was the, the most fascinating experience that you endowed uh, in your travels? Most fascinating experience. I think each time brings a different kind of fascinating experience. Uh, 
each time you, I think, really realize how much is connected or how many things. But you've been to uh, many countries and you've seen a lot of things. Is there something that you saw on your travels that struck you to an extent that you went, wow, that you had never seen such a thing, you never experienced, you never believed such a thing could exist, something that was that is living in your memories as an experience that is a lifetime experience it's hard to say on point um but there are there are certain moments which you feel that you can experience some things during a trip or something and uh, maybe I maybe I'm just being philosophical, but sometimes you experience things which you felt was what you were supposed to experience just in this time of your life. And I think that's maybe something I can't put my finger on one certain thing because there's many events in my lifetime. Uh, but which... is it something physical, a view, a landscape, a smell? a food, a feeling, an excitement. Try to define something that struck you with all your senses that it left a, a, a lifetime uh, uh, memory. I think really for, in that sense, what, what I said uh, earlier uh, about the spontaneous things that happen it can also be i'm very i'm very sorry i'm kind of stuck because i'm really thinking about what uh, because there are many things that come to mind but i feel like sometimes uh, th there are many variations of that you know feeling but i remember the feeling of sitting back on an airplane on the way home, uh, which is something that is very, very strong feeling returning to your home country after a longer extended time. Uh, for example, when I've been living with my uh, grandparents uh, for over the summer, they return to reality or the landing. And, uh, you know, maybe East, they say East West home is best. Yes, uh, True. quite uh, interesting, you know, that you say that I, the traveler, the most exciting thing for me is the landing back home, uh, which is a, a quite extraordinary answer. I, I would I would expect you to say, well, I've seen this and that and the other, and it left a tremendous uh, impression on me. And then finally, at last, you say, well, the feeling of, of landing back at home uh, and, and you cannot feel this, uh, uh, experience this feeling unless you go abroad and then you come back. Because if you're always there, you're always there. And I can understand you. Yes, it is a very strong feeling, the coming back home. Also, in a sense that when you've been gone for a longer time, yes, that suddenly everything is like a big vacuum, and that's something that many 
a traveler shared that when you arrive at home after a longer time, then you land into this reality which you love and everything, but you also kind of think of where, what do you implement from what you've learned or what you've heard uh, into your day-to-day life. And that feeling of landing also in your homeland, feeling those simple things as, you know, the scent of gasoline or the taxi driver. So, you know, you can, you can hear clapping on the airplane or, <laughs> you know, you can he- feel the humidity of Tel Aviv or just uh, going uh, through the gas station and getting a fused tea or a grape uh, juice, you know, uh, which maybe I haven't had in a long time. It's all of these simple things which are very, very nice. And actually, if you really want to uh, point out something specific, yeah. when you travel with Elal, the moment you land, there's a song by Eric Einstein playing, always, every time. You know, and no. I noticed it's Kamatov Shabbat Abaita usually. They play the same. Well, I landed with Alal uh, a week ago. And it they is. usually they put that. I, I've experienced that plenty of times. Uh, they put uh, Kamatov Shabbat Abaita and you land. How good you, ca- you came home. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a nice song. It's very also sentimental. Uh, Eric Einstein is known to be the nostalgic Israeli character and uh, really landing I, I feel like that's one of the most uh, the biggest uh, experiences because no matter how overwhelming or grandiose your travels were that so you asked me a few questions and I think maybe it's time for me to throw a question at you what is your uh, earliest memory of traveling and who was it with and do you remember what was the earliest food experience you've had traveling well uh, start with food i i already told you that food is not my priority but uh, my early experience of traveling when was when i was about three years and, and some months my mother also met my father by traveling she came to uh, israel to visit an uncle of hers that uh, was living here and the connection between him and her father uh, was cut during the war of independence in 1948 and then in 1950 she came to this country and that's how she met my father. So my parents married in London and came back to live in Israel. And when I was uh, three and my sister was uh, about a year and, and three or four months, she decided to take us both to visit her parents who had never seen us. So we flew to London. It was quite an ordeal in those days. I'm talking about the early 50s, 1954 or five. We went uh, uh, by plane, we landed. I only discovered that later in my life that we landed in Germany, which was for me terrible. In those days, people never went to Germany. So we landed in Frankfurt and from Frankfurt, we went to London. 
And frankly, I have to tell you that I don't have any recollections of my staying in London. Only uh, years later, I saw pictures and tried to think whether I remember the visit or not. But I have no real recollections of this visit to London. But as you said, when we came back and we landed and my, grand, my grandfather from here, from Israel, came to pick us up at the airport, I remember going back home and saying, and it was very early in the morning and the sun was coming out. And I remember this distinctly how we were driving in the car and I said, you know, mom, as we are approaching home, it was becoming lighter and lighter and lighter. And the landing home is what I remember from this first uh, uh, traveling abroad. My next uh, uh, travel was when I was 12. I went to London to study there for uh, a term or two terms and this was already something else from this visit where I stayed with my grandparents I remember a lot and it was quite it, it's quite a, a, a mark mark stone in my in my life I remember a lot from that visit and it influenced my life I studied in, at school, I was living with my grandparents, it was the first uh, opportunity to get to know my family, a big family in London, all the aunts and uncles and cousins, and it was a wonderful uh, experience, which I thank my parents for, for thinking of, of sending me, which was also something quite unusual to take me out of my school here in, in Israel and sent me abroad for uh, quite a long uh, period of time. And then I traveled at the age of 17. I went to America, which was also quite extraordinary in those days. I was with a, an exchange uh, program with Minneapolis, Minnesota. All my travels ever since I feel that each and every travel abroad enriched my life, my ideas, my thoughts. For example, in 1968, when I went to the uh, States, it was all the conventions of the uh, Republicans and the Democrats, and I learned a lot about uh, American politics and how it works and how the system of the bipartisan uh, uh, democratic uh, system works and how the conventions work and and i was fascinating watching tv the next time i came to america there was the hearing over the watergate scandal and all the, the uh, i i was glued to to television watching the all the process of the hearing and later on, I understood as a lawyer that I used all these techniques of cross-examination, etc. So each and every trip added a lot to my understanding of the world, other, the way other people think, the way other politics act. 
the way, uh, the, the kind of living, uh, an experience. Every trip was a great experience of learning and learning and learning. And it's an endless process of absorbing things that you will never see at home. And it adds and adds and adds to your, the way you are. You, you are shaped. You see things and you experience things that you do not have the opportunity to experience in your own country. It's true. It's really, there is a lot of things we get exposed to which we don't uh, experience in our reality. Actually, it's an interesting also uh, topic uh, because another friend of mine, he also, I, I've been nicknamed the tourist. Okay. Uh, in my in my own land. <laughs> he he, uh, he actually said, uh, this friend of mine, he, he, he was really surprised that I was aware of a lot of things going on in my own country, uh, which he wasn't aware of, or he lacked the curiosity to find out about. And uh, it made me really to maybe think about it really that a lot of things, uh, and maybe that's also what uh, what what is so meaningful with that connection of landing at home. As you said, uh, which is an early recollection on your part. Yeah. And also for me, is an earlier uh, recollection. Uh, because that's maybe a moment where you allow yourself to see your own country with new eyes. Another thing which I wanted to point out, uh, which I, I think in this late uh, uh, travel that uh, I had with, with Omri, is the fact that things that you see here are not the same when you when you with your feet on the ground we get all sorts of uh, television reports like what's happening in europe and how europe is looking upon uh, the war in gaza etc and uh, and the demonstrations etc and 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 you know that when you are in those places and when you come to the, to the places where things are happening, you find out that there is a quite a, a great discrepancy between what they tell you on TV or, or how the reporters bring the news to you. And when you are there, you see that things are quite different from what you had expected and uh, when we came back so many people asked me weren't you afraid isn't it uh, troubling to travel in these days and i said no we didn't encounter any uh, anti-semitic uh, events or we were not harassed or uh, so uh, those who think that they can see the world. Like I had an old uncle in in uh, England, and when I was 12 and I was in England, I said to him, Uncle Henry, how come you've never been abroad? He said, I don't need to travel abroad. I can sit in my armchair here at home, watch telly, uh, and read books. And 
and I can travel the world in my armchair. And I argued with him, but I wasn't uh, old enough and wise enough to, <laughs> to make my argument. Uh, but now I know that sitting in your armchair watching TV and watching the world go by is never, never, never the same as being in all these places and touching them and watching them and smelling them and feeling them. It's a whole different experience. You do not understand that until you take the trip and you get to the places and you get the feeling of, of each and every uh, uh, place you visit. It's a different world. There's a certain fear, really, of losing control when we're talking about traveling abroad. And I feel also, it's especially in, with older ages, I don't know how old your uncle was, but it's something that you can feel. A lot of people have this fear of not having control. Um, Actually, there's a really good movie about Anthony Bourdain, which is a known uh, cook. Yeah. Uh, he ran this long, uh, long-running series on uh, CNN about uh, countries he traveled to and he ate at, and it was a very known series uh, called uh, "Places Unknown," or, uh, or I maybe I'm saying it wrong. But one of the main things they touched upon uh, on a, a documentary about him, uh, he died uh, actually a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they touched upon was really the fact that Anthony Bourdain used to be this book smart kid, uh, which used to read a lot about countries and places and experiences and adventures but he never experienced them themselves. Yeah. And the moment he started doing that, his whole personality changed. And although he was very wise about all the places he had heard of, yeah. he, he had this other kind of maybe humbleness or something when he really saw the world for what it was. And uh, well, maybe, I... Go ahead. maybe, I think maybe, Omri, you want to, upon that question, or upon that topic, really, of, you know, seeing the world and also reading about it or hearing about it. For example, we went to Madrid together and watched one of the greatest, uh, maybe controversial artists in the world uh, today. And seeing him live was a very extraordinary experience in a sense. It was it was nothing to in comparison to hearing Pink Floyd albums, mm -hmm. uh, although we've uh, grown up hearing them many, many times. Is that something you feel uh, rings? And is it true to you too? I think you remember how I was uh, back then, on that day, on March uh, this last year already. And I do believe when I'm looking back on that concert, it was one of the most happiest days of my life because I got so many, so much excitement and looking forward to see this concert 
And I had this dream for so many years to see this artist alive in front of me. And when we got the chance to do it, and we did it on the very front row. Aliyah. <laughs> the goosebumps I've got and the feeling I've got and the sounds, how it impacts me and influences me. It's one of those very important steps of my life that shape who, who am I and who I become as a grow-up man because it's influence my uh, personal persona in so many ways that when I see this man in front of me after so many years of dreaming see him live and I make this dream come true with you that we share the same love to the same artist it was mag- magnificent it was incredible and I think those experience in life could happen only when you're bored when only when you travel abroad and only when you open to the existence of culture and open to gain to gain uh, knowledge well we had a similar experience with the Mozart's Requiem at the Saint-Sulfice uh, uh, Cathedral in, in Paris which was uh, an extremely a strong and fascinating experience uh, A breathtaking experience to listen to Mozart in, in this church the acoustics the sound the, the, the choir everything was so strong and especially on the last day of the year and then going from there to the celebrations of, of uh, the new year at the uh, Uh, Champs-Élysées and all the firecracks and everything. It was a, 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 an evening full of magnificent events uh, following each other, which was concentrated in a few hours. So much excitement, so much sound, so much happening, so, much, so many colors and, and things. That this cannot happen if you don't if you're not there uh, at the spot this was a, a lifetime experience even for me and I've seen things it was fascinating exactly. the fact that you can really summarize so many like meaningful events in your life to just a few hours or maybe a few minutes is something I don't think we reflect on that often. There are many events in our life. It can also be, you know, sad events too. Of course. That develop within the, the instance of maybe a few hours or a few minutes. And it can leave a mark on you for so much longer time. I was talking about that in one of our previous episodes. The, the meaningful moments of our lives, which are... Sometimes not so many can be counted on on one or two hands and uh, and these are really moments that are that leave a marking on your soul and you can never forget. And this was one of these moments. This concert was a moment not to be forgotten. 
Yes, and your concert in Madrid, etc., etc. One of these things that leave a, a sign for for a lifetime. I think it really also brings us to the question of what can be um, reinvented, or what cannot be what can be replaced, or what cannot be replaced, because some things just cannot be replaced. Although you have all the ingredients of a certain food or you have the same album, the same song playing, the acoustics of a certain building or yeah. the way or the feeling or the breeze that you have in a certain location uh, or the service you had at a certain restaurant or hotel or the people you were with uh, is not something that you can... Just the, the amount of uh, change physiologically that occurs when a person realizes that he is on a break or is somewhere else mm. allows for the change in mindset uh, which I think is significant thing in the traveling itself so what was the best dish you had anywhere in the world and why I haven't had it yet uh -huh. I'm looking forward to travel to Japan that's yeah. a big uh, one on my list. Um, but I think there is a lot of realizations about the many similarities of foods within uh, cross-culture, uh, which I found was very interesting. The when, Also, when my interest for food uh, grown, realizing, oh, wait, how can I make this at home, which was very meaningful. Uh, I, I think there are a few very like meaningful moments of, of food, but it's not traveling. That's with the family, uh, I would say. Okay. Actually, honestly, truthfully, Omri. Yes. What would you say about this? You, you, in the sense of eating abroad, I think you, you on your part, you've been more oriented to trying out the finer things in life in sense of restaurants and so on is that something uh, you agree on or what, what is your opinion on it i'm always seeking to to find a new taste a new texture new smells uh, in life and i think in each and every country i've been to so far uh, I gained so much experience and knowledge and uh, flavors to get to know them from a different kind of view and from different recipes. So I always keep uh, developing and get to know more food. So if you ask me what is the best cuisine in the world, I don't have uh, an answer. But obviously, when you go to another country, uh, one of the uh, ingredients, so to speak, of the culture of the country is uh, the food they eat there. I mean, in order to get uh, an overall picture of a certain country, you have to taste the food of that country. So you get, it's, it's a part of, of of the culture of the country. So uh, without eating the local food, your uh, experience is not full. 
True. Yes. I think maybe London, in a sense, was actually very surprisingly uh, mm -hmm. good in that sense. Because I also went to really nice bars. Uh, I went to the Kanyahu Hotel, uh, which are very known for their martinis. And, uh, the show when everything went to in, into this cocktail, and we're not even talking about food here, yeah. was very grand. And then you walk in the markets, if it's in Spain or if it's in Italy, or, or even in the chillier London uh, or in Poland, and you see, you have these smells, for example, in Poland, you have these smoked cheeses. I don't remember the name of it or recall it, but there's this uh, smoky cheese. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I very sense or very, very strongly uh, related to the trips. And that's actually a question for you, Atzmon. What yeah. is like the earliest sense you can remember, maybe recollecting or do you have, do you remember a moment you smelled something or is there a certain smell you associate with something which you experienced during your travels or, or even in life in general, which you can think of that has very, very like strong association to something. For me, for example, I can talk about my grandma and her perfume, or maybe it's the way something like a certain alleyway in a, in a house smells like, or a dish. What is it for you? Well, I remember, for example, my uh, grandfather in London was a hat maker and he was working, he, he had a, a little workshop in the cellar of his house and i can even now feel the, the dampness the smell of the dampness in the cellar and this uh, wet smell of of uh, dump and uh, i don't know how to explain it in words but uh, if i go down into a cellar i would uh, i would immediately feel this uh, smell and it would immediately associate myself with this watching my grandpa uh, uh, making these these hats he used to used to make for example or there was a cellar in the old house of my grandparents in in israel <clears throat> they lived in a big old house and I used to go down to the cellar and there was a big barrel of wine which was empty from wine and at the bottom of it all the uh, older generations stored their love letters at the bottom of this barrel and I remember myself uh, bending with my belly on the edge of the barrel and trying to go down and fish, actually fish those letters from the bottom of the barrel. And I remember the smell of this barrel, you know, with uh, suffocated with, with wine and oak. And uh, wow, this is a smell I will never, an odor I will never forget combined with what I found there 
and I wrote a poem about it. I was reading love words, which I was not old enough to understand, but the smell I could understand, yes. Wow. That sounds like a really strong memory, actually. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I, I love that. It's a, that's a cool one. It's amazing how smells and uh, tastes reflect to our memories and brings us back. Very, very strongly, in my opinion, uh, uh, smells have the, 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 the sense of uh, the smelling has a lot to do. It brings back memories, good ones, bad ones, of course. But because we're running out of time, I want to ask both of you last question for tonight. Okay. Uh, and it's a hard one, so th- deep think about that. What is the destination you want to discover or reach and you didn't? And what is your favorite destination that you already reach and why? Oh, you start uh, aroused. <laughs> I've had this... Uh... love relationship for very long with a place I've never been to uh, which is Singapore mm-hmm. and I've had this I, I feel that this place is somewhere I need to be at some point in my life um, but both this place and also the Azores actually There are two places I feel somehow are in the timeline of my lifetime have a significant place mm-hmm. and i'm I'm excited about the thought of uh, seeing how the timeline of my life will develop and where these places meet me in my life because currently I won't be there. But when I will be there, I wonder what that point in life looks like. And I'm excited about it. I'm very excited about it. And where was your most significant trip of your lifetime so far? I've returned to New York many times. Right. And I, I love New York. And uh, I've been to more exotic places, but... New York, mm-hmm. in a sense, is uh, influenced you the most. Exactly. I was very luckily uh, able to be there in a few different circumstances, uh, one of which was actually presenting a movie I made uh, at school, mm-hmm. uh, which the showing of this movie, it was at the AMC theater in Times Square. It was a very, very, very uh, strong experience for me. Um, and I, one of the things that I remember the most or recall is uh, actually watching the newest Blade Runner uh, and walking out from the, from the movie uh, when it's raining outside and New York looks like the futuristic city of Blade Runner because it's raining. And there's reflection on the glass in the in the buildings uh, surrounding me so New York is a place I most definitely remember very well uh, 
and also uh, I think Jamaica I would also say is a very cool place uh, because I've grown up on Bob Marley uh, a lot throughout my childhood and being at the play in his home where he grew up and visiting his grave actually it was a very significant uh, moment in my life Dear Atman Out of all the countries you have been to which country left the most significant impression on you and which country would you most like to visit in the future well it's hard to say which country left uh, because uh, impressions it depends what some countries offer you uh, their culture other countries offer you their landscape it depends what you are looking for If you are going uh, if you're traveling in order to see uh, views and landscapes and nature or you're looking for museums and cultures so each country has different things to offer so in in means of, of uh, landscape I, I uh, traveled in Georgia I liked uh, the landscape very much mm-hmm. and the mountains and the waters and the hills and And um, as far as which country, I, I also love New York, as uh, Ron said. New York is as an outstanding uh, city. It's, it's theatre. It's really something uh, different. Although the buildings are so high that you can't see the sky. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a vibrant city. It's, it's in, in, in the move all the time. And uh, it's very fascinating. I like London and I love Paris. I think Paris was quite a surprise. It has all, all, it has all in it. It has culture, it has buildings, it has uh, food, it has senses, it has... I was very impressed with uh, Paris, actually. It left... I've been to Paris before, but... Uh, And I remembered many things, but this time Paris was very special, I think because of the timing, because we were there at the, the end of the year and all the decorations and lights and, uh, and happenings and all the events around the, uh, the end of the year were very special. And where would I like to go to? I said, I, I've never been to the Far East. I would like to go to the Far East, uh, to Japan, to uh, India. I've never been to India. India is a country which is very fascinating, both uh, landscape-wise and culture-wise. And religious wise and it has many things to offer I hope I will get there one day we spoke briefly about Tokyo uh, Tokyo we spoke about Tokyo but I haven't read enough about Tokyo to be wanting to go there mm-hmm. I, uh, I have to study the matter uh, but India I've heard a lot about many people from Israel have been to India and came to Well, there's stories of all kinds those who left their soul in India 
and those who want to go back there. But it's very, it's a different culture and, and you have to be there in order to understand the Indian way of life. It is something which is completely different from our Western way of, uh, of thinking. So uh, India, but you know, my days are, are fading and I hope I will still be able to make it. And if not, uh, at this time of my life, maybe the next recognition, reincarnation. Reincarnation. Uh, yes, I'm kidding. But uh, yes, I would definitely put India on my list if it were uh, feasible. I hope it will. What about New Zealand and Australia? Uh, well, New Zealand and Australia also. Listen. Where would I not like to go to? I mean, every country has a lot to offer. Uh, and it, you know, if you come, if you go somewhere with the desire to uh, learn as much as you can, mm -hmm. I think each and every country on the list of the world can be fascinating. If you come with an open heart and with an open pocket. <laughs> uh, yes. It's a good one. Yes. I like it. Gentlemen, really appreciate this talk with you. And I wish all our listeners to go and travel and explore the world. There's many Absolutely. out there to see. Absolutely. No excuses. Don't ever think that you can see the world in your armchair. This is. Uh, don't believe anyone who tells you that. Yes. Make believe. Make it possible. Right. Even on a uh, student budget, it's possible. It's feasible. Yeah, yes. There's many ways to travel. Many ways. There's to many travel. ways. Be a tourist, discover your own town, your own country, begin there and uh, go from there onwards. Right. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely. Good night. Good night.